This is Dear Analyst, episode 22, and in this episode, I'm going to discuss how to calculate win streaks and losing streaks using formulas in Excel. And I just want to apologize, there may be some random silences in this episode because I'm kind of coming off of a cold and will mute myself if I find myself about to cough, so apologies in advance for that. And this episode, I was inspired by a question actually asked in the uh, MrExcel.com forums. Um, MrExcel.com has this really huge message board community forum where you can ask questions about Excel, about VBA, about Microsoft Access. And this was a question that was asked by user Telman86 Telman on December 6, 2019. And this person basically asked a question about how you can calculate win streaks and losing streaks um, in Excel. And the example here is you have, let's say a fantasy football league, and you have along the columns, and just, re just a reminder, I'll include a, an example of this in the show notes and in a, a Google Sheet where you can play around with this. And let's say you have week one, week two, week three, these are the column headers from columns B through column P. So you have week one through week 15 and cells B1 through P15. So that's like every single week, it's when you have a match, let's say. And then in column A, along the side, you just have the names of the players in your, let's say, call it a fantasy football league. And in each of the cells from B2 to P whatever, you have win wins and losses, right? So if you let's say in from let's say John is the first player, and from week in week one he has a win, in week two he has a win, in week three he has a win, and then week four he has a loss. So his winning streak would be three in that case because he had three consecutive wins. Um, so the trick here, the the trick that the this user asked about was, if the person skips a week, let's say they were. Well, I guess outside of fantasy football, let's say they were sick or if they had a bye week, you would put an X in that week. So in this case, let's say John had a win in week one, a win in week two. In week three, he had a bye or he was sick, so he just didn't have a loss or a win. It's just an X. Week four, he had a win. Week five, he had a win. That would be considered a four-game winning streak because he still won back-to-back -back games despite taking week three as a as a bye week or as an off week. And let's say in week six he had a loss, and then week seven he had a win. His winning streak would still be four because he had a loss in week six, but he had wins week one, week two, week four, week five. So you can kind of see how this can be a little more complicated than your regular win streak or losing streak because you have to take into account these X's or these bye weeks or off weeks and it becomes a little more challenging to write a formula to calculate the winning streak and losing streak for each player. And I couldn't really come up with an easy answer for this so I just started looking in the thread in this um, in the forum and the answer is actually super creative and I never, I don't know if this is the right way. I mean, there's never really a right or wrong way of doing things in Excel unless you take into account performance issues for a large data set. But this formula that some people posted, um, I find very interesting 
and not a typical way I would consider using the frequency formula. So the frequency formula, as you all know, as you may know, it helps you figure out how many, how many instances of a value fit within a class or range of data. So let's say you had the numbers um, one, let's say you had the numbers one, one, two, two, three, and four. And you had you wanted to figure out how many numbers are are be, are below the number two and above the number two. The frequency formula would basically help count the number of times that your data set fits within that class. So our data set again is one one two two three four five. And if I if my classes are just let's say two and three. Excel, the frequency formula would help, would say, okay, the first two numbers are one, one. So for the class two will be the, the <coughs> excuse me, will be the value two. For the value three, for the class three, you would find all the, count the number of values between two and three in your data set. And so we don't have, so we only had two, we had two, two values that were two. So you have a two there as well. And then Excel would then say, okay, well, since two, three is the last class you have in your frequency class, you would count everything that's three and above. So that would be three, four, five. So that's number three. So the final result of the frequency formula would be two, two, and three. So all it, it's really used mostly in finding and um, creating a histogram. You want to find the number of values that fit within buckets. I like to call the classes buckets. It's a little easier to understand for people. Um, so the frequency formula helps you figure out how many times certain values fit within these buckets. That's historically how I thought about using the frequency formula. In the context of this exercise of finding win streaks and losing streaks, I was surprised to find the use of the frequency formula. And this is, I'll, I'll just read off the full formula and the walk will break down the formula step by step. So in column in cell Q2, that's where I'm going to put the winning streak for, let's say, John. And again, my data set for John, all the wins, losses, and Xs are from cells B2 to P2, so organized by columns. So in Q2, I have the formula max, left parentheses, frequency, left parentheses, if, left parentheses, B2, colon P2 equals W, comma, column, left parentheses, B2, colon P2, right parentheses, right parentheses, comma, if, left parentheses, B2, column, colon, P2 equals L, comma, column, B2, colon P2, and then a bunch of right parentheses. And this is a formula that has to be array entered into your Excel or Google Sheets. And the way you do that is by pressing Control, Shift, Enter. And I think in newer versions of Excel, you don't have to Control, Shift, Enter formulas for that are, you don't have to Control, Shift, Enter array formulas. Excel automatically knows that the formula should be array entered. And I can dive into another episode regarding array entered formulas. But for now, just know that this is the frequency formula has to be array entered into Excel. 
in Google Sheets, you actually can just, you don't have to press Control Shift Enter. You can actually write the formula, array formula around, around the actual formula that you're trying to array enter into Excel. So it kind of takes that one step or adds a step, depending on how you look at it, um, to entering your array entered formula into Google Sheets. So what is, so essentially what this formula looks like is you're trying to find the max number of, of two, you're trying to find the, the max number returned from a frequency formula. And inside the frequency formula, you have an if statement that utilizes the column formula as well. So if I just look at the first if statement, if B2 colon P2 equals W, comma, column, B2, colon, P2. So what this this if statement is doing, this if you were to re-enter this if statement by itself, you'd get a, a row, you get a row of values as well. So if my first, if my first five uh, values for John are win, win, X, win, win, the if statement in this case would return the column number in Excel or Google Sheets of cases where the W is in the cell. So in this case, since our data technically starts in column B, my first two Ws in week one and week two, the column formula would return numbers two and the numbers three. Week three is an X, so it wouldn't return any numbers. Week fours and week five are also wins, so the column formula would return the numbers, let's see, two, three, four, five, and six. So this if statement, when you array enter it into the cell, would return an array, an array of numbers. In this case, the first five numbers, first five values would be two, three, false, four, five. Sorry, false, five, six. The reason why the reason why the the week three is a false is because it doesn't return the cell does not equal W and therefore the if statement will just return a false because it, it doesn't equal to the W. So you have this list, this array of numbers of the column number where you are trying to find the W. And in the cases where there isn't a W, if there's an X or an L, then the form the if statement will return back a false value. So that's the first part of the frequency formula. And the second part of the frequency formula is very similar. It's if B2 colon P2 equals L comma column B2 colon P2. It's the same exact formula, except you're replacing the, the W, the win, with an L. And this does the same exact thing as the first if statement. It finds the column number of all the Ls, the losses, in your, in John's, like a weekly data set. So if John had a loss in week six and a loss in week eight, this formula, if this uh, if statement formula will return the values in an array, uh, let's see, two, three, two, three, four, five, six, the number is seven and the number is nine because he had a loss in week six and week eight and week eight. And again, the reason why the week number doesn't match up with the with the loss number is because 
our data technically starts in column B, so everything's shifted by one column. So we have this array of wins of, sorry, we have an array of the column in which we see a W. We have an array of, of values in which we see the letter L. And these two arrays are fed into the frequency formula. So typically with the frequency formula, you have a giant set of values for the first input. And the second input is kind of like the buckets you want to classify things in. So you can kind of create that histogram I was talking about for your values. In this case, the two arrays are the same length. So this is why I was a little kind of surprised to see and just kind of I'm impressed to see this answer because you have similar length arrays. And since you're trying to, since the first input is your values and your second input is your classes or buckets, all this formula is trying to do is find the frequency in which the, 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 number, the column numbers for the first input, which is the Ws, is, uh, falls within these buckets of the losses, which is the second input. And so what ends up happening is the buckets that are created in the second input for frequency are the, num are the column numbers where we see the L, the loss. And so Excel will take all the Ws from the first input and count the number of times that that W is less than the first column number of the L value, and then all subsequent values for the column numbers for the L, it will try to find the number of W, find the number of column numbers that are in between those two numbers in the L. So this is probably the hardest part to explain without you seeing the actual formula itself, but it's a very creative way to basically count the number of times that um, the column number for the W is less than less than or greater less greater than or less than two values and then also greater than another value and it basically classifies all these w column numbers into the column numbers that the l is present and so you're going to get this the resulting values will basically be and another another the frequency formula returns another array of values that has the number of times the W is before or after a certain column number for the loss. And because all we really care about are the number of times the W's are before and after a loss because once a loss occurs, that's, that breaks a streak. And so you had this array of winning streak numbers and then outside of the frequency formula, you have a max formula, which, is fine, which just finds the max number of wins in all those different mini streaks, let's call them. And so this will always output one number, which is the maximum number of consecutive wins before you come up with a loss, uh, taking into account the number of X's, which are miss or off weeks in your data set. And then in Google Sheets, you wrap that also with an array formula function to basically array into that formula so that it can calculate this across multiple values at the same time. And the longest L streak is a very similar formula. It just reverses the placement of the L and the W in the frequency formula if statement. And 
just counts the number of consecutive losing streaks. There's a much longer current streak formula that I won't get into, but you can take a look on the Google Sheet and see for yourself. And so the key takeaway here is there's always really interesting ways of building formulas in Excel and Google Sheets. And this, this really made me rethink how I use the frequency formula, um, especially in the context of applying it to the buckets or classes that I usually use it in for histograms. And yeah, I'm not sure when, when else I might use the frequency formula like this, where the length of the array for the input, the values, and the classes, the buckets, are the exact same length. But it really makes sense in this case for determining the win streak um, for a bunch of weeks when you have off weeks and bye weeks in the data set. So thanks to, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to drink a little bit of uh, tea here to calm my throat. Thanks to Talman86 for posting this insightful question and also, I guess, for the Mr. Excel forums. Otherwise, I wouldn't have come across this uh, answer. And for this, uh, I'm only going to walk through one episode that I recently listened to, and this will really hit home for a lot of you Excel enthusiasts out there. Another episode I recently listened to on another podcast I love is Freakonomics Radio, and this is episode 391, America's Math Curriculum Doesn't Add Up. And in this episode, uh, Steve Levitt talks about how the math we learned in high school was like preparing us for you know, uh, a life of dealing with Sputnik and going to the moon. So we're dealing with like calculus and, you know, really complicated physics formulas, which you may never actually use in daily life. And I totally agree with that. I still don't remember using any of the things I learned in calculus or, or, um, or statistics, but, uh, definitely a very interesting episode because around minute, let's see, 35, um, he interviews, he talks to a woman named Daphne Marchenko, who is a research analyst at the University of Chicago. And she actually conducted a survey on behalf of Freakonomics Radio. And she found that about 2% said they own, they use calculus on a daily pay basis and 80% say they never use it. And I don't know about you, but like I, I in high school, it was always a sign of badge, um, a badge of honor to take calculus and taking AP calculus to, you know, get to high scores on the AP test and then to, you know, get, get into a good college. And so the survey results showed that 70% uh, of people don't use, uh, sorry, 80% don't use calculus on a daily basis. 70% said they don't use trigonometry. And then 50% said they don't use geometry. Uh, so definitely unlikely you'll find people using these core basic takeaways that people don't use geometry, trigonometry, or calculus very much on a day-to-day -day basis. And f further on the conversation, um, you know, Steve basically says like, oh, this is, you know, really 
eye-opening. Why are we still teaching high school students how to do trigonometry and calculus if we don't even use it day-to-day on the job? And this is the key question here that Steve Lovett poses that all Excel people will really resonate with. He says, I've always thought we should teach Excel in the schools. Do people actually use Excel or is that just my imagination? And Daphne Marchenko says, close to 70% of people said that they use Excel or Google Spreadsheets on a daily basis. We ask people how often they visualize and present data to make an argument. So if you include those who say they visualize data daily, weekly, and monthly, you're going to get over 70%, close to 75% of people said that they are trying to visualize and present data. And Levitt then goes on to ask, um, which of the traditional math topics were people hoping that they had gotten more of in high school? And then the researcher, Daphne Marchenko says, none. And he, Levitt goes on to say, how about data skills? Um, what do people want to learn data? And then Marchenko says, on every single one of the data-related questions she asked, over 40% of people said that they wish they had learned more. And this goes on beyond just Excel. I mean, we all know that if you work in a business environment, you're, I mean, the, the survey at least shows over 70% people use Google Sheets and Excel on a daily basis. But beyond that, just having fluency in how to talk about data and data analysis, over 40% of people said they wish they had learned more of this in high school. And it's a shame that, I mean, I didn't learn Excel at all in, in high school and in college for that matter. Uh, you know, aside from taking some finance classes where I had to build some models, I didn't really know what I was doing in Excel. Most of my Excel knowledge was learned on the job, which I imagine is many of you out there. Um, some of you may have taken just workshops or Excel classes online. Um, those are all great ways to build your knowledge. But imagine if you started learning about Excel or spreadsheets, or more broadly, data, data analysis, aggregating, cleaning, manipulating data as a freshman in high school, um, you would be so, you'd be poised to take advantage of a lot of the current jobs on the market that require you to understand how data is, is gathered, how it's cleanse and how it's analyzed finally in Google Sheets or Excel. And this episode just rang so true to home to me in terms of the education that we need to provide to students and just to people who are entering the workforce or those who want to uh, make a career change and want to go into a field that's very on demand. And that's really anything related to data and data analysis. Um, another aspect, I mean, not kind of related to data analysis is presenting and visualizing data. And later on in the podcast, um, Marchenko said that 60% said that they wish they had learned more about how to visualize and present data to make an argument. And one of my classes I teach on, on Skillshare is all about making a data-driven argument using uh, Excel to take to create an argument that's completely data-driven so that you can sell better, make uh, better decisions, and ultimately to be able to create a nice, well-formatted presentation that uses data and charts in a really convincing way. And being able, being able to tell a 
data nar narrative or data story, as some call it, to make an argument. So really interesting episode. Um, I might actually listen to this again just because I love hearing how I love hearing <laughs> use cases of where Excel should be Excel, Google Sheets data should be talked about more in schools and in um, the workplace. Um, so if you have any thoughts about that, would love to get your feedback and just leave some comments in the uh, in the blog post. Mm -hmm.